Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well, we have a pathway, I think, to get out of this horrible, horrible coronavirus. Is it going to affect our footballing lives in the non-league? I guess you have to tune in and listen. Welcome to episode 11 the Premier Non-League Podcast. This is the Premier Non-League Podcast. Yeah, joining us tonight, we've got, um, well, I'd say it's new as the regular people, but there's a couple of missing tonight. So Trevor Nell, uh, Chris May and... Um, What's his name? I forgot the one. <laughs> Pete, Pete Bale. <laughs> How are we doing, gentlemen? You all right? Yeah, good. Good, good. Yeah, good to have you back on. Um, it was okay. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I just have I just affected your uh, mentality after saying that tonight. I've upset my little Petey boy. I think my there. mental health is shot now. Oh no, we can't touch on mental health tonight now because he's going to use me as a bully now. But there we go. <laughs> uh, just the abuse and the banter I normally get from Peter. But um, gentlemen, we've um, had the. Um, the pathway tonight we uh, boris's um announcement now it's not a political podcast we're, we're talking about you know, how it affects us at the football level um first thoughts gentlemen do we think it's going to change anything no 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 uh, well <laughs> can, can have a drink have a drink outside the pub on the 12th of april <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it might it'd be interesting to see because uh i think the closest we might get to football especially at our level is actually maybe sitting in the sitting outside the clubhouses at um our our own grounds, not even not even drinking, or not even we watching can, football. We can go watch the kids in the schools there, can't we? That's the only, yeah. that's uh, the only sport. At the be careful, be careful what you say there, Pete. <laughs> 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 I don't know why that came out. I just was going. Hang on a second. Anyway, um, it was only you that thought of that, James. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but the other people didn't say anything. So uh, Chris and Trev just kept very quiet there. But uh, gents, what what are we thinking? What are the first thoughts? So obviously, uh, green uh, grassroots football. 29th of March. Grassroots is our level. And Trev, you think it's training only, did you say? Yeah, from what I've seen um, some point this evening, it's, um, it looks like it's from that point, it's going to be training groups of six. Again, as mm. it was before. So you're still looking at a good two or three weeks from then, probably before teams are, you know want to play a game. I've spoken to a step five manager this evening, well, actually he messaged me. Um, and um, he's already been contacted by clubs asking for friendlies like from that point onwards. So... Um, you know, and his his side they're they're keen to play. He wants to get back into football. There are people out there that he, that want to play games, and you know, every everyone would like to get back to it before we get to August. But um, I'm not sure if personally the time frame's long enough, and if there isn't that secondary spend for the clubs at our level from from three to six, it's going to be difficult to you know to get game on because you're still looking at no income again. Yeah, and also the fact, James. Do you think? Do you think people have got the desire to go and watch friendlies? Well, this is this I is haven't. this is exactly what you know. We've talked about on here before. 
we've had the opportunity before this was all locked down. Obviously, step three was, I think it was November, wasn't it? When we had yeah. the sort of league, unless you're in a cup or competitions, uh, the league was suspended. And uh, Pete, I, Trev, we went to the Three Bridges Sussex Cup game, which was an awful last taste in the mouth of any Worthing football because it really left it on a sour note. And we haven't been able to right that wrongs there. And I know, Chris, you, you had, was it a trophy match you had after the uh, league yeah. shutdown? So cool, we've had a little bit of football. Um, but... Then clubs started doing some friendlies, didn't they? Am I correct? And hmm. I know, Pete, you went to a couple. Trevor, you went to a couple. I didn't. I was working yeah. on a couple. But the opportunity I could have gone, I really didn't feel like it because it just felt like a waste of time. I don't want that again. <laughs> I mean, do we do we want to sit here and go another, well, what's going to be, you know, five, four or five months without any football competitively? Um, or would you prefer to see a handful of friendlies? Because I think almost I'd prefer to wait. I don't know. I think I think this is the the thing, James. That uh, you know, it's been it's been that long that you know people have basically probably found other hobbies and things to do. Mm-hmm. You know, pe- people's homes are like palaces at the moment. I don't even <laughs> DIY that's gone on and everything else. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe some people think you know I've enjoyed having the weekend with the family instead of going to football and things like that. So there might be a whole different different mindset. And going for a friendly game rather than a competitive match, then it puts it puts a different spin on it. We we know ourselves from attendances at, at Woodside that you know it's a friendly match or even one of the Leicester Cup Cup games puts a dent in the in the in the attendance. And I think if they just do friendlies, I don't think it's going to fill the, the coffers up. It might mm. even cost some clubs money with travelling and everything to get to attend these games. You are right there because I think I, I personally think if they announce some friendlies, especially with some clubs like Worthing who have got a new pitch and you know more well supported clubs, I think if they had one match back and especially if it was against a decent team like you know especially if Worthing did something versus like Horsham or Bognor or something which I can't see, but if they did, I think there might be a big attendance. But then it's going to start tailing off. I think I think you come for the next week, then it's going to cost the club to open for you know if they're able to serve beer food the staffing costs if they're not volunteers you know the players you know those players still will get paid where where's the money going to come from because if they can't guarantee an income that's what that's what's going to happen yeah i think you know there would be a desire like i say uh for for worthing's uh first game back with the new pitch the new floodlights new facilities there people would want to come and see but they'd probably come that one Saturday. If you had a, a another fixture the following Saturday, I, f- I think it would probably tail off, in my opinion. Mm. What you to me, um, I would very much advocate um, writing this season off. The idea of playing friendlies or little Mickey Mouse, you know, cup competition. Uh, um, you're just clutching at straws. I, I would think the vast majority of fans having listened to Boris and having learned that from June the 21st I think it is all restrictions will have gone most football fans at our levels will now be thinking pre-season July let's enjoy a normal pre-season get a couple of good games of course at the moment you can't play a friendly against Mm. league opposition because they're playing um, where you know South Shields entertained Sunderland pre-season before last and got a crowd of over three thousand, you know, and and if that's that's a friendly, that's the friendly you want, where you're going to put money through the turnstiles and through the bar, 
um, playing a friendly South Shields against, for instance, uh, Gateshead or whatever, you're not going to get crowds of any size. So come August, let's get back to a no normal football at the normal time of year on the proviso that we know we're going to get a full season in and let's do it normally. And I think most fans will have got themselves, got their heads around that, I think. And I think the thing is, if you have a normal pre-season, then you're going to want to go and see those friendlies because now you're starting to see the team that are going, that are building towards you. You shake your head, Trev. Would you? you do you, you're not keen on pre-season friendlies, even? No, they they they, no. they don't do it for me. I stopped going years ago. Barney used to play Arsenal with a friendly yeah. uh, back in the Underhill days, mm. which was um, well, you know, lovely to go and see. And there's a few extra bits sometimes sometimes thrown into that. But then I think yeah. I went one year, it finished nil-nil, and I was standing there thinking, what am I doing watching this? It was drab. It was, yeah. it was crap. It was rubbish. And, you know, a game that's got nothing on it doesn't do anything for me anymore. Um, I'll take Chris's point about Mickey Mouse Cups and that. Um, down here in Sussex, we play in, I don't know how many cup competitions in the county league. Um, and this <laughs> year they've actually put all the cups off. They've not played single single league cup game. So those League Cup games could actually fit into those months for, for, for teams that want to play. And because of how many clubs, I mean, James and Pete will, you know, say how many clubs we've got in such a short distance of each other, you could easily put all the Eastbourne clubs into one group. You could put all the Bognor-based clubs into one group, all the Aaron-based clubs into one group. And you could play a group, a group um, cup, which is what I think they are looking at, to give everyone about three or four home games. Um, you know, get some income as well and you'll probably get a little, maybe slightly bigger crowd because people haven't been, but they're not travelling over to the other side of Eastbourne on a Tuesday night. They're travelling to Littlehampton or they're going to Arundel. Um, so that, that that sort of thing would work for, for me, but I don't I don't believe every league has to follow that point and every league has to do it. If, you, if, you're, if you're granted the extension to the season, do so. If you don't want to go in for it, don't go in for it. Make it an invitation thing. Yeah, I think the the um, the whole thing for me just revolves around the fact: can clubs afford it? So if you can put a if you can put a cup competition on where you can allow enough people in the ground to make it worthwhile financially, then fair enough, I, I go along with it. But I, with the restrictions in place that Boris has announced, I still don't see how we can get to the. To above the numbers we had prior to lockdown, which really clubs struggled to break even on. So it would be, they'd need, clubs would need to know that it's not going to cost them to bring players off furlough or, or whatever um, in order to play these games. Well, I was going to say just uh, one of those things is a, a Sussex Cup, for example, a County's Cup. If everything was voided, especially at our level. And, you know, Trev says grouping them or something like that in groups. Do you think that could add some prestige if clubs do want to play something? You know, have right, the, the Sussex Cup, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think the club gets anything but um, just sort of glory of winning it. There's no sort of financial gain to win the Cup. Is there, am I right or am I wrong? Yeah, there is a bit of financial incentive, but it's, it's, it's no. But not not it's, anything it's huge. paid for by the local county FA. Yeah, so so I look at it and think, if, if for example, at step three, we, people decided to play on, would a county sort of cup be applicable if it can go with, you know, Boris's, you know, restrictions, the bars reopening, was it the 12th outdoors seated bars? What do we think, Trev? I think three and four have got a problem because they've got players on furlough. 
when you drop into the county league at five and six, you haven't got players on furlough. It's not an issue. You can go and play these games. Three and four is where the issue is going to come because you've got too many grey areas. And But then you're going to have a disparity between five and six that can play, three and four that you just physically can't fit a league season in, nor if you take the players, if they are furloughed off, you're then causing problems. And as you say, they've got to be paid. And then you've got mm. step one and two, which is the mess and fiasco and everything that we know that it is, where half want to play and half don't. You've, you've got a, you know, you've got an absolute mix of a pyramid to be, you know, to be quite honest. And maybe some of it is desperation in people wanting to play football, people wanting to watch a game. Um, and like, you know, maybe as Chris says, you know, you, you everything hangs off until July, you know, and you crack on, you know, and, and hopefully next year we actually mm-hmm. get, we actually complete a full season. With you know, with everybody playing games at the level that you know they should be at. Well, Chris did say, didn't you? Uh, no, we we'll actually you know cut that hand because we haven't had the interview yet. So I got to do that at the end. I just realised that. <laughs> I was going to say about your your plan, so we'll have yeah. to hold that. Should we just start leading into what um, David said with you now? If we start leading yeah. into that, and then then we can co- continue this after, and then you can mention about like you know what Chris said yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. So that's just twenty one nineteen. I've just said that. Um, Pete, did you want to say anything before we start leading in? Um, I, I, no, I was I was just going I was just going to say that obviously our leagues haven't made a, a decision as yet. You know, right. basically, so. We, we, they said they're right for today's announcement, um, but obviously with what's happened in the leagues above, then you know that's that's going to come into play. I think with their final decision, so I don't hold out much hope bef- before August, July for friendlies, August for starting again. Yeah. Um, but I, I would love to see. I would, sorry, your Mister Robinson loves a null and void, doesn't he? So. <laughs> yeah, influenced. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but without getting political, um, so so yeah, you know, I I would love to go and see some some football. Um, a cup competitions just not a little round robin cup competition doesn't do it for me, and I don't think it'll bring, bring enough into the clubs to be honest. Yeah. And as Trevor said, you've got the problems with the furlough, playing pay, players' wages. Um, like I say, they were going to extend the season to the end of May, so if we could play, you know, uh, April and May. Yeah, we could get a good chunk of games in. Maybe the league just needs to say, right, we'll rewrite the walls. If you can play 50% of your games, we'll base promotion on that, depending what happens up above us. Well, obviously, leading on from what you're saying, Pete, about the leagues above us, um, the letter came out um, saying, you know, they were obviously voted for null and void, um, which the voting was 15, uh, 4, 7 against in the north, 9-4-12 against in the south. Uh, 19, n- 19 step two clubs want to play and they've signed a letter to the FA. Um, gentlemen, we're going to obviously hear from uh, the chairman of Eastbourne Borough very shortly. But what do we what, what do we think about this letter that's gone? What do we, what this gone out? Like, you know, do, do you think there still is a place for the national uh, north and south to play on Trevor? Again, it's outside the box thinking if they do it. And it depends on really how brave the FA want to be. Uh, you know, the same with Project Non-League from three to six about getting that into the perfect pyramid. Again, if they want to be, um, you know, if, if, if they want to do, you know, something it may be a bit controversial, but it's it's innovative at the same time. These, these clubs want to play football 
and um, you know, and there is possibly a chance that you know one or two clubs that originally said that they might you know not want to um, carry on might now think actually you know our boys do want to play football. Um, you know, there, there might be one or two more afterwards to say actually, you know, let's let's call it a day. We aren't going to get anywhere. Um, you know, we're going to have to go with you know with it as it is. No, that's true. I, I, the letter highlights the argument is the importance of promotion and relegation and the league relationship with the EFL is to maintain integrity. Uh, they've had three months of funding already and investment by the club's already made and the mental health of supporters, which we've said so many times on this podcast since we started, is we know for a fact there are people at our level and any level you go to, doesn't matter if it's Premier League down to the lowest of non-league Sunday League, there is someone that will watch that every week and without fail, that it's their end, it's their release after a week of work or they're retired or they see their friends and you know they might be widowed and it's the only social they have. So there's a lot of mental health. Um, one of those signees was David Blackmore of Eastbourne Borough and we'll hear from him now. <laughs> Are you PNLP? So now on the PNLP, we're very pleased to welcome Eastbourne Borough's chairman, David Blackmore. Welcome, David. Thank you for giving up your time this evening. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Thank you, James. I understand it was your birthday yesterday, am I correct? It was indeed, yes. Yeah, I'm not stalking you, I promise. It was just that Eastbourne <laughs> did put it on their social medias and everything like that. Well, happy birthday from us all at the PNLP. Um, not that you could really have done much uh, on your birthday this year, but did you have a good time nevertheless? I, I had a very, very good time just eating and drinking from day at home. So oh, that sounds like perfect, right. Dream. Yeah, perfect. I mean, that's what I've done most of lockdown, to be honest, and it hasn't come off the best, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. there we go. <laughs> Summer body and all that, and, you know, Boris lets us, you know, maybe he will. But um, just... Just uh, for our listeners that uh, don't really know much about Eastbourne Borough, just tell us a little bit about your history and involvement with the club. Um, well, my, my involvement with the club probably started um, years and years ago, watching them as a part team, as a supporter, actually. Um, yep. So I'd, I've been a supporter for many years, um, watched them come up through the park sides, um, moving down to Priory Lane, um, coming up through the County League, um, travelling the length and breadth of the country, watching them then get promoted up out of there into the conference um, Dr. Martin's back then days, um, oh, yeah. and then into the Premier. Um, and then my my involvement on the board probably started about um, three years ago. Um, and then um, I was voted in as chairman oh, 18 months ago. So, yeah. so I, I currently have, have the honour. I've, I've been chairman over three seasons and I haven't seen a complete season out yet. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, that's one of the main things we got you on for tonight. But how's how's it been being chairman so far? I mean, it's, it's a bit of annoyance that you haven't seen a full season yet. But how have you found being chairman so far? Yeah, no, it, listen, I, I took over when um, we... We had a very well publicised financial difficulty, um, and I took over at that point, really and truthfully. Um, so the, the last eighteen months has been a, a tough journey for the club, really, just to get ourselves back onto a stable footing. Um, you know, we, we were playing with quite a high budget back then, and, and we'd had a, a backer that had come in to put some money in, um, and had started putting that in, and of course, you start budgeting accordingly. Um, Nobody's fault, really and truthfully, but um, business circumstances changed for that person. That they walked away from the club, and it left us a big, big hole. So the last eighteen months has been a bit of a rebuild, really, at the club. And obviously, David, you and I talk, you know, fairly regularly, um, yeah. a lot more the last few weeks. Which is, um, I mean, it, it's it's exhausted me trying to keep up with it, and probably everyone else. And I'm not even at the sharp end of it. So. Um, 
talk can you talk us through what it's been like for yourself the last few weeks where it's got right to the nitty gritty of that national league vote um, I, I think timing's timing's probably the right word <laughs> really and truthfully yeah. um it, it's been non-stop from morning through till night really and truthfully whether that's board meetings deciding what as a board of directors what direction we want to take um talking to the national league talking to other clubs um, and, and certainly in the last week or so, it, it seems to be every single day we're, we're back onto something else. Um, you know, Friday lunchtime, we, we had a, a very quickly arranged Zoom meeting between the 18 clubs that wanted to carry on playing. Um, Saturday morning, a very quickly arranged board meeting down at Eastbourne Boa to um, look at the way that we were going to take the club forward now that decisions had, had kind of been made. Um, today, again talking to local MP this morning, talking to Mark Ives this evening um, after the shock announcement that we've now got to reapply for our funding. Yeah, um, that. So, yeah, a bit, bit non-stop at the present moment in time, really. And I think as well, what a lot of people forget as well is a lot of clubs in the National League South are part-time. This isn't your day job. You've got that to contend with as well as trying to fit all these meetings in. Yeah, no, I did just say that to Mark. I was actually on the, on the phone earlier. I, I said, yeah, it, it, it feels like at the moment that the step two clubs are being made to jump through probably twice as many hoops as the step one clubs. Um, and virtually all of those, well, in fact, all of them are full-time clubs. Um, you know, we, we get announcements come down to us and we're part-time clubs. We, we all have day jobs to contend with as well. You know, there's very few full-time employees at the club. So it, it does put an extra pressure on them. And certainly, you know, we, we probably get as much of our information off of Twitter as, as we do. Out <laughs> it's quite like that, isn't it? It's quite like that a lot of the time. With, with, what's, with what's happened, and you said the club were in the financial problems 18 months ago as a bit yep. of a hole from the last chairman. Um, was you physically in a position to, to, to actually f- complete the season this season? Probably quite easily, to be honest with you, Peter. Um, I, I, I'm at a bit of a loss. So, you know, I, I, I'm a businessman in my day job as well. Um, I'm, I'm at a bit of a loss how anybody couldn't have completed the season. Interesting. I think a lot of that though, David, as well, having, obviously having spoken to you through the season though, you you did cut your cloth to start with. So you were, you know, realistic about what may happen yeah, we, with we, fans in. We, and that we did, Trevor, very, very much so. And I, I think that's, with, with some of the smaller clubs, the likes of ourselves, Hungerfords of this yeah. world, um, you know, I think we, we find it a little bit frustrating that you, you sit there and go, when when you're setting out a business plan for the year, you've got to look at all the circumstances that are surrounding it. And yes, we went into October with everybody thinking we were going to have grant funding going forward. Um, but we also went into the season knowing full well that we'd all had to work out our capacities due to the new social distancing rules. And at the very most, we'd all have a thousand people in their yeah. grounds um you know so we budgeted accordingly our, our our playing budget this year is probably the lowest it's been for 10 years and you know it's 60 percent less than it was last year so the managers work wonders with that and and we've cut our club accordingly through the season and that's why we are in a position where we could be able to carry on actually i think one of the interesting things from the vote as well obviously yourself sitting in third place you're doing quite well Dorking. Yep running away with the league. But then you go to the north and you look at Chester, second place, but they were happy to go, you know, no, we'll finish the season, in, you know, instead now, rather than keep it going. So there hasn't been, 
although there's been a split between the North and the South, there hasn't been a split between those at the bottom saying, no, we want to finish, and those at the top saying, we definitely want to carry on. No, even in the South, you know, Welling are one of the most vocal yeah. people about wanting to carry on. They're, yeah. they're sat rock bottom of the league. Um, so, I, you know, social media is awash with everybody going, oh, check the league position, check this, check that. <laughs> you know, mm. it's, we, we never set out this season to go up. I, you know, hey, we're, we're in a great position and, and if it happened, it happened. But that's not where we set out. And, and our decision certainly isn't based on this myth that says, oh, yeah, it's all the big clubs that have got loads of money that just want to chuck money at trying to get promoted. You know, we're not a big club. We're not awash with money. Um, you know, we want to carry on playing football. And do, do you think, David, um, with, with what's happened, the, the league has basically uh, forced clubs to play off against each other? Very much so. I, I, listen, there, there was no need to go into the voting situation, really and truthfully. I, I think that's, that's very, very clear. There, there was a clear issue. There was clear problems. Um it was always going to be this 50-50 split between what went on. Um, it was, if you consulted with teams, if they'd have gone and spoken to different clubs in different ways, held some hands, given some advice, um, you know, looked at different ways of getting through the season. Concord are a classic example. You know, they were probably one of the most vocal people about not wanting to play on. Yeah. Um, however, Fair play to Ant. You know, he spoke to lots of different people. He looked at looked at what different people were doing, and then said, "Actually, we're a football club. We want to play football. Let's find a way to do this." And and he worked his way around being able to say, "Yeah, I want to carry on playing football." Now, if if the National League board had gone and spoken to individual clubs and understood their individual circumstances rather than putting it to a vote, it would have stopped all this infighting. I think. So, for yourselves now, does that mean? Players are on. Players and staff are now on furlough as of Friday morning last week. No, we we um I I, I we are carrying on. The, the The league's not over. Let's be very very clear. Um, even the resolution says that it will be null and void once it's ratified by the FA. Um, the league shouldn't have called it as a null and void vote yet because it hasn't concluded the process that was put out in the resolution. The resolution <laughs> could only be ratified by the FA. So the season is not null and void as yet. Um, so our players are in training tomorrow night. What do you think and is going to happen then? What do you think is going to happen deep down? Um, deep I mean, down, we know we know um, what you'd like to happen because we all like yeah. the same. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I obviously listen. It goes through the first hurdle tomorrow, mm -hmm. so it could actually get sent back tomorrow to say actually we're not ratifying this. If not tomorrow, it goes to the next day. So, so the eighteen clubs—it's very well publicised. We, we've put a letter in. Yeah. Um, there's been legal representations gone in today, so that it can be heard tomorrow before any decisions are made. I genuinely believe that we will be able to come up with a sporting solution. Now, whether that means that it carries on just in the south or whether that means a combined division of the South and the North teams that want to carry on in some way, or whether that's a different format. Um, because obviously there's lots of different views out there, isn't there, about, you know, should we expunge the results of the teams that don't want to carry on? Um, ironically, there are a number of teams that have voted null and void that have said that if we win our battle to carry on playing, they want to carry on playing. 
I had a feeling <laughs> that might happen as well. You know, I mean, um, you know, we, I was talking with uh, Ben Strevens, easy manager, on Friday, Friday evening, I think it was, and obviously seven clubs voted in the top division to say that yeah. they want to finish the season. Um, and and then you sort of look at that and think, well, are we then going to have 16 teams in that division that say, yeah, we want to play on? And the other seven then go, well, no, we definitely can't. Obviously, Dover have got their well-publicised problems. Kings Lynn have said after they play Barnet tomorrow night, that's it for the season unless something else is forthcoming. You know, do you sort of see a similar thing that could happen in the top division as well as your divisions? Well, very definitely. And uh, to, to be honest, at our step, they've probably done us a favour, haven't they? Because nobody can say, oh, you can't reduce the numbers in the league and carry on playing. Because mm. <laughs> if they're going to say that, then they're probably going to say that for step one as well. And and that's never going to happen. So, yes, there's a possibility that we can carry on that route and carry on that way. Um, ideally, we'd still carry on with the North and the South. Um, but who knows? It, it might end up that we have to compromise and say, well... You know, the 19 teams that want to carry on playing, that's a big enough division to carry on playing, isn't it? Means Barnet can have to pull some results out over the next few weeks then, just in case. Yeah, absolutely. Might be seeing them next season then, Trev, might you? <laughs> well, yeah, well. <laughs> you know, but Barnet are in that lovely situation at the moment, not, not looking at any relegation, but um, the EFL chairman even came out yesterday and said, you know, they, they had the playoffs last season yeah. at step two because the only way that you could get promotion from step one was yeah. to have the integrity of having relegation from it as well. Yeah. So even the EFL are saying you can't have your cake and eat it at step one. No, I mean, that's why I think as well that they that the whole thing hasn't just gone null and void because of that relationship with the EFL, that they're worried that if they turn around and went, well, we stopped playing in step one as well, the EFL go, well, thank you very much, but there's no more relegation promotion between the two. And then we're yeah. stuck top of the pyramid with, with yeah. you know, nowhere to go. Yeah, nobody wants that. Obviously, step three, myself, uh, Pete, Chris, even Trev, we, we do support and follow clubs. Step three, below yourselves. Yeah. Um, what do you, I'm sure you're aware of Project Non-League and what they're trying to do there. What do you believe would be a fair outcome for those leagues? Because obviously we haven't been able to play as many matches as hence the sort of leagues have been suspended since November, I think it was, Chaps, wasn't it? I think yeah. November. Um, obviously it's a completely different kettle of fish, but another season of null and void posse for us at the moment. Um, if you guys continue on, you know, with possible relegations and promotions, would you believe that you think that Step 3 should continue or some sort of way or resolutions come to try and reshuffle the leagues? Yeah, I, I, we, we've always been very, very clear at Eastbourne Borough. We, we support promotion and relegation from all the divisions and all the different steps if it's at all possible. So if there's a way that step three can work out a resolution to say, actually, these teams are fully deserving of promotion up, then why would we not support that? No, you know, true. you've only got to look down the coast, you know, Worthing, they, they've been up at the top <laughs> for two seasons running, haven't they? You know, yeah. no, nobody can deny that they probably deserve to be promoted in some way but that's for their league to work out how do they ratify that as a decision and, and be able to do that so we're certainly not against saying that there should be relegation out of step two as well you know we, we, we can't be hypocritical and say actually step one can't do that but step two we want to do it I think but, it's just we've said many times before you know to have it for like Chris's South Shield supporter up, up in the Northern Premier and um, it's just another season possibly meaning nothing yeah. and it's just so frustrating and you know it's, it, it just doesn't seem to ever end for us and you know it, it, then seeing the steps above us you know Chris yeah and, yeah, and I don't think anybody there's clubs all over the place and Hastings I, yeah. I've spoken to them oh yeah Hastings that, 
you know, they, they've been the same. They've, they've been right at the top and playing fantastic football for a couple of seasons, and yet they're still not able to get out of that division. Yeah, there's a kind of feeling of kind of resignation about, I mean, Lee Picton, the South Shields chief executive, um, he, we, we spoke before Christmas and he, he said he would be absolutely amazed if South Shields are not kicking off in the Northern Premier League come August. Um, he'd be amazed. Uh, we can't, we kind of resigned to the fact that we're going nowhere. Um, it, we, our level will be null and void again. I, can't, I, I said this on the last podcast, didn't I, lads, that I can't see Project Non-League be, becoming ultimately successful. And um, watching from a, a distance, watching what's happening in the National League North and South, and, and reading that there were going to be potentially some clubs going down the legal route, um, it would be it's going to be a really interesting time for us as South Shield supporters, given the fact that we went down, well, Jeff Thompson, the chairman, went down the legal route last year and failed quite spectacularly and then, you know, got landed himself with a quarter of a million pound legal bill. So it's going to be very interesting to see how the National League clubs behave in the next couple of weeks and what the outcomes will be, whether some um, carry on and, and do what they've threatened to do and go down that legal route. David, do you, I mean, um, have, do you, as an Eastbourne committee member, chairman, um, are any clubs around your area thinking of a legal route? Um, I, I don't know about clubs outside of step two. Um, you know, I, I, I can tell you now that, you know, we're, we're fully supporting um, Dork, Dorking, as everybody will be aware of, of the club that have been leading the legal challenge on, on behalf of us all. Um, but we, we've today put our name behind the letter that's going in from the QC, um, placing that legal challenge in there. Yeah, I'll be, if I was, if I was Jeff Thompson, the South Shields chairman, I think I would be instructing my lawyers to keep a very close eye on what happened because um, if you guys are ultimately successful, whatever you, whatever route you go down, then that, I wonder if that makes any effect on last year or earlier this year's, sorry, yeah, last year's decision against Jeff. So I'm, I, as a South Shields fan, um, watching from a distance, I'm finding it very, very interesting. And I'm not smug in any way. I'm not, you know, uh, it's just here we go again. Here yeah. we go again. Twelve months later, here we. And I've said this before, David. You might not have heard heard this before. And I've said on various podcasts, it's been an it's been a fantastic um, demonstration in how not to run organisations. Absolutely. <laughs> the whole thing. How do you not do it? We are the we are the world champions in how not to do it. Do you, know, do you know what I I, um, I I I run coffee shops and burger shops and and all sorts of other catering outlets and and I, I was sat in um, one of my coffee shops this morning saying can you just imagine having to try and fight to be able to sell coffee? God, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's true <laughs> because that's that's effectively what we're having to do at the moment. Is we're mm-hmm. having to try and fight as football clubs to be able to play football. Yeah, ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. Do you ever think, was David, with this decision, if it does get ratified by the FA, I know you're you're quite doubtful of that, and you've probably got the legal routes that you've 
possibly go down. Um, if there's no allegation, then obviously we, you know, with the date 29th of March, where there's a possibility, if, if the DCMS agree, that we could go back to a scenario like last season where we have limited crowds, etc. And obviously with outside drinking available from the 12th of April with outside seating, etc. We could be worked like you did last season. So there'd be no point a step like step three carrying on because you wouldn't be allowing relegation. So it just makes a mockery of it all. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I kind of do agree with you. I, you know, it, it's very difficult to see how it all carries on from now, isn't it? You know, very interested in listening to Boris earlier, you know. So it looks like 29th of March that everything will get back up and running. Well, you know, I, I know I saw from a club earlier on saying, well, that's all very well and good saying extend the season, but our ground becomes a cricket ground at a certain point in the season. So we can't play football after that point. And I, I think somewhere along the lines, we, we there's got to be a collaboration between everybody in areas. So, you know, we have a 3G pitch. Now, we already host Blangley Wanderers, for instance, down at our 3G pitch. So we could be in that silly scenario in four or five weeks' time where Langley Wanderers are playing with crowds and our season is null and void. Um, but I think everybody's got to have that collaboration that says some way or another, if there's a possible way for leagues to finish their season, then that's what we should all be doing and working towards as a football community. Now, if that means that, you know, we, we have to allow our ground on Saturday, Sundays, Friday nights to be used for league games because there are teams around us that can't, then that's what we'd have to look at doing. And, and I think it's, it'll be a crying shame for any division not to be able to finish their season if it's physically possible. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but of course, at our, at our step, for instance, South Shields and the vast majority of clubs have played nine games, one yeah. team played six. Um, so trying to finish a season, even if you extend it, it's nigh on impossible. Well, it's impossible. Uh, I'm resigned to the fact that we will we will start whether we start at game zero or game ten. I'm resigned to the fact that I won't see any competitive football as a South Shield supporter until August. Um, that that's my view. Um, well, that creates its own problems, doesn't it? That you know you're then going to ask, you know, part-time players to come back having sat out of football for mm. how long? Six, seven months? Yeah, seven yeah. months. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, that, that's a mean? long time for anybody in any profession to suddenly sit out and then be asked to come back in and perform at a level. Fortunately, um, eight tenths of our South Shield squad is professional, so. Right. Um, in the fortunate position where we've currently got several players out on loan at National League North clubs just to keep the yeah. match fit. Now, of course, it's, they're not playing, but they're still, yeah. they're still training. They're training, of course. They're training. So, you know, South Shields will be in quite an unenviable position where the squad will still have ticked over compared to a lot of other clubs. Um, yeah. But you're right to ask to ask human beings, not machines, to ask human beings to, to get going again after a seven-month hiatus is, well, it's just preposterous. You, you, you're going, that will 
cause injuries. So it's a sad state of affairs. David, so after this tomorrow, what, what's next for Eastbourne Borough? Are, are you really, really hoping that the season's going to continue? Or, I mean, obviously, I'm sure you planned in case it doesn't. Well, what is next for you? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that the season will continue. If the season doesn't continue, um, then I'm hoping that there can be some kind of sporting resolution that just allows maybe a different mini competition. Even if that's not, you know... The, the league, if you know, at the end of the day, if the league finishes, the league finishes, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> and as, as Eastbourne Borough, much as we don't want that to happen, we'll have had our best season for 12 seasons. We've finished third in the, third in the league and we'll go again next season. Um, our commercial manager will probably have the hardest job of, in the world, really and truthfully, to go and talk to all the people that have sponsored us for this season and, mm. and put money into the club for this season and, and keep them on board. But that's what I'm hoping for is that at least we can carry on playing football. And I, I don't think people should lose sight of the fact of the amount of work that happens in the community as part of our club as well. And this was my discussion with our local MP and the reason that she's so heavily behind what we do at Eastbourne. And don't forget the, the 11 million pound grant money that came into the first part was from the national lottery fund because of the work that football played in the community. And if I just look at our club, and, and I've spoken about this at length about our players and our manager, actually. And, and I thought, like, we're very lucky. We've got a manager that engages with the local community really heavily. And he, he does a Friday message. But what, he, what people don't always see is behind the scenes, he's ringing a lot of our vulnerable elderly fans on a weekly basis just to make sure they're all OK. Excellent. The first team players are doing video lessons with the youth section. Um, last week, we used the money from the live stream to go and buy care packages to give out to NHS staff and, and people in the community. Brilliant. And all of that stops as well. Yeah. If we're stopped from playing yeah. and, and we're stopped from being at the ground. So worst case scenario, I hope that we're allowed to just carry on playing in some kind of format with the clubs that want to carry on playing. I think actually as well, David, carrying on just from like the, you know, work in the community, supporters being able to sit and watch a stream is, a, is the best they can get. It's, you know, it, it's, it's all they've been able to do since then. And, and for some people still to be able to look forward to that on a Saturday, they can't get to Priory Lane, but they can still get to watch the team in that, and it's playing well. You know, we'll lose, it's it's, it's we'll massive lose for that. I think a little bit, you know, the mental health aspect of it gets really pushed to the side, I think, at the moment as well. But it just shows how big they are as part of the community, these non-league clubs. We've said it many times before, people suffer. And that's one of the things that obviously was said in this letter from these 19 clubs that, you know, it's the mental health aspect that's, you know, how because, you know, sure, as you know, David, Chris will know, Pete, myself, we see people at these grounds, they live for the football. That's their sort of release at the end of the week. Yeah. And to not have anything yeah. till at least... Um, August possibly September time is not something we like to think of but we try not to end on that horrible note but uh, David uh, I think we'll go back to wish you for happy birthday from yesterday and uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight and giving up uh, your thank time. you it's been an absolute um, pleasure yeah and hopefully you never know if you do get to continue maybe if our league gets another boy we might pop down to Eastbourne to come say hello to you so uh, if, we can, if we can come in yeah keep that beer cold for us alright yeah <laughs> you take care of yourself thank you very much indeed thank you, David the Premier Non-League Podcast. Great to hear from uh, David Blackmore, the Eastbourne Borough Chairman here on the Premier Non-League Podcast. Chairman, I think you agree. Um, he holds a lot of optimism that this isn't said and done. Kind of what we felt last year when it happened to us in our league? Or do you think he's got a point? Do you think it really isn't the end? 
I, I think it's holding out like we did last year because we were like, there's no way they're going to null and void it. There's no way they can null and void it. We played so many games. And then and then a couple of days later, they null and voided it really quickly. And it was like, what, what's what's going on? So, um, yeah, but it, it's, it seems that it's, it's a lot more complicated up in National uh, League and North and South. Obviously, North, um, the National League are carrying on, but North and South avoided but safe want to play on um so yeah and you've got the details of the lesser i think james about the the clubs that want to go down the legal route yeah i mean it's obviously led by dorkin and trev you you know dorkin's owner quite well don't you you've spoken to him a few times in the past am i right uh no not quite i've had a few twitter exchanges with him and that sort of thing but um oh is it not not someone else you're going to name drop saying texted <laughs> no, you earlier no, or something no, like that no, no. No, Marcus, someone I'd like to get on a on a on a blog or a podcast. It'd be it'd be fantastic. But um, he, yeah. he does swear quite a bit, so I don't. Oh, uh, we got a bleep button. I can edit it. I was going to say we'd have to have it on ours. Um, yeah, I mean, Dorkin and Gloucester are going down the legal route. Both sides leading their respective divisions at the moment. Um, the eight, eighteen signed but nineteen agreed clubs. It's an open letter to the National League chief exec, um, Mark Ives, asking if a division of 19 can be sanctioned so that they can play on to win promotion to the National League. And as mm. stated by the EFL, if they want relegation and promotion in step one, they need to have it into step two as well. So there could be a few more interesting twists and turns, I think, over the next few days. Well, one positive I took from that with from David is that he did believe that it should be throughout the whole pyramid. He did say the support, at, you know, step three. and It's not fair to waste another season and you know that was quite nice to hear because you like to think whilst I don't think anything's going to happen I think we're all in agreement here and I think we'll be null and voided I mean we, we touched on at the beginning of the show they hold out a lot of hope in National North and South gentlemen what, what do you really think is going to happen step three and below I mean obviously counties Trevor I think you said you think they'll play on did I, am I right in saying do you think they'll play on for a bit or not I think they'll play cup competitions a lot of them yeah. have, have, have um, sort of said beginning of the season we're not playing our league cups this year there isn't room to fit them in the league's yeah. a priority um, now I think it might flip round the other way but I think each league up and down the country has got to have its own opportunity to, to decide whether they want to go down that route or whether they shut down and they restart again after the summer. Yeah, yeah. I'm firmly of the belief that it'll be null and void or someone up our way has suggested that potentially you could freeze the leagues and restart them in August from where we stopped in November. Um, rather than null and void, you just, you know, start it, just restart rather than yeah. start from scratch. So um, that's a possibility. My only worry of that is that potentially you could have clubs who weren't maybe in the top two or three and going well. Some players may then be out of contract, may no longer be at the club when we restart. Is that fair mm. you know, when you consider? So um, I, I, would, I would think null and void. I think the other thing as well, Chris, on that is that they freeze the results. What happens if a club goes bust between now and the start of next season? Absolutely, Trevor. Yeah, good point. Good point. Also, after the famine of football we've had for months and months and months, do we want a short season next year? Well, the only thing I was thinking, Pete, is that with Chris's suggestion and what he said, is it's going to be stretched out a lot more if that was a case. We wouldn't have, you know, you wouldn't have a lot of weeknight games. And one thing I noticed tonight is Chris Whitty was saying on the um, broadcast is that they reckon COVID will be around for winters to come. So yeah. 
I think this is going to be the new type of flu that we're going to have to get used to. This uh, flu seems gone. So is maybe having those nine or 10 games that have already been played, maybe five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, are they going to end up stretching the season out to a decent length that we're not going to have to run on Tuesdays? And if there was another break or there was an outbreak or something and localised lockdowns maybe need to happen again, which we hope won't happen. Do we think maybe that is a good idea, Trevor? I think it is a good idea. I mean, to be honest, Pete, I think Hinch needs to pull his finger out and win some cup games next year, and that'll prolong the season even further because mm-hmm. that's been part of the problem this year. And <laughs> we know that. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I think James, you're right. Um, you know, and uh, you know, as as Chris has heard, that would be ideal. You know, you're going to play the same teams next year. Um, you know, it's not. You know, if, if Project Non-League doesn't get off the ground and the pyramid sets itself into a perfect pyramid, um, it makes a lot of sense to you know to do it and to carry it along, you know, you can always add another cup competition in at any level, um, you know, if you if you need to fit games in. Um, you know, if we are going to have issues with, you know, waterlogged pitches, bad weather, COVID again may hopefully not strong through next winter, um, it might be a blessing in disguise that those games are carried through. One, one of the things I've always found, this is sort of going off topic slightly, is, well, not, not totally, um, is you tend to start the season and then you sort of got a, a rush of games mm. and then you have a lot of weekends where there's no midweek game and then sort of as you break into the new year you start to get a rush of midweek games again and you're like yeah. surely that's the wrong time to do it because that's when pitches need to recover etc cetera, etc cetera. so why not you know spread it more out towards the, the first the start of the season proper and then towards the end of the season and then you can cope with postponements etc I know the season before this one, the National League looked at playing a lot of midweek games early in the season. And by, I think it was the probably beginning of November towards the end of November, they'd have completed a third of their season already two years ago. Um, A lot of clubs complained because then you've got slow recovery time um, between players getting injured and getting them back again ready for a Saturday or a Tuesday. And you also then lose two days training during the week because most national league clubs have a Wednesday off. So if they play Tuesday night, they won't train Tuesday. So you've got very little time to work on team shape and ethics and everything else as well. So they, they actually criticized it a little bit as it was, the winter was wet. Um, The only club that suffered was Barnet with the hive. Um, But you know, in, in, in some ways it worked, but again, as with everything, you can't please everybody along the way. Yeah, but at the, same, at the same time, Barnet always struggle at the Hive. And, <laughs> and and surely to get your team shape and all the rest of it and conditioning, you've that's that's what your pre-season is for? That Yeah, that so, part so, Yeah, that so part I'd, count, I'd counter that argument a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, work, it's working on the opposition you're playing the following week when you've got a short window every single week. Um, it is difficult. I mean, I, I I did see. I can't think who I was watching one of the Premier League games at, at the weekend, um, and they were saying exactly the same thing. It might have been might have been one of the games last night. I think both sides had actually had the whole week off, um, you know, to prepare. Whereas you know their their season's been tr- as truncated as well when you throw in the European games for the sides as well. There hasn't been a lot of room and a lot of time to actually get your message across, you know, to the players all through the season. Oh, it's true. 
It's true. I mean, I, I think, you know, going back to what we were saying about, you know, maybe spreading that season out, at least maybe some teams would take the cup a little bit more seriously. Because I know, you know, mm. if you had that gap for the Tuesday, because, uh, you know, a lot of the cups at our level, they're a bit meh. I mean, I think the Velocity Trophy is my least favourite one that we play in down down south. I think it's, you know, the Sussex Cup's quite nice because you had the finals at the Amex and, you know, I haven't yet to be there, but, you know, where we got there you know, a few years ago and we were so close, but playing, but playing Brighton under 23s, um, you know, with a lot of players that, you know, will be future Premier League stars this year and holding them very close to driven. Was it extra time, Pete? Wasn't it in the end it went? Yeah, it extra time. Yeah, extra time, just narrowly losing an extra time. Games like that, I think, would be great to have. And, you know, to you know, Worthing did really well. It was the only cup they seem to have done well in recent years getting that far. Um, do you think they teams might take it a little bit more seriously? Because it's the same with the FA Cup. A lot of teams can't be bothered with it, in, you know, because they want to concentrate on the league. And that's where the money's coming. Do you think it might bring a bit more royalty and glory to a cup game? I think all non-league clubs take the FA Cup very seriously, to be well, honest. Well, apart, apart from the FA Cup, sorry, apart from the FA Cup, I'm talking about, you know, the other, the local trophies and stuff like that. Do you think they take that more seriously? I think the history, um, when it comes to the local cup competitions, sort of derives that you want to do well in it. Um, you know, Worthing have got great history, haven't they? The Sussex Senior Cup the, won the trophy the most amount of times, haven't they? Yeah. Um, I can't speak for, you know, for what it's like in, in, in the rest of the country. Um, I know in Kent Maidstone, cracking record in the in in the Kent Senior Cup. They've always taken it, um, you know, really seriously. Even when they were, you know, they they reformed, came back up through the leagues and were allowed to compete in it again. Um, they were still a big scalp, even though you know they're not. They weren't a football league club. Um, you know, beyond that, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, um, you know, county league sides down here at the beginning of the season. Um, at the beginning of the season, you're entered into seven cups if you're in the county premiership. Um, which is, you know, horrendous, really, when you think yeah. you've got seven minimum cup ties plus your 30, whatever, 36 league games in that top division, um, you know, and that's without any progress. But by Christmas, because they squeeze all the cups in, you could just be playing league games by the time you get to the beginning of December. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you, if, you, if you do well enough in the cups, then it prolongs, you know, as we've said, it, it prolongs your season. You've still got a few midweek games, one side of Christmas and the other. Um, otherwise, you know, you're just stuck. You know, the FA Cup's finished. The Vars has gone. You ain't got much left yeah. to play for in some cases. Chris, is it the Durham County Cup? You, you is your county's cup? Is it right? Durham Challenge Cup. Yeah. Durham, South, Durham. Shield, South Shields um, declined from entering this season because of the potential of a massive games to play because we didn't start till September. Yeah. Of course. Now, um, of course. Nobody's. I don't think there's been any games played in the competition. If possibly the first round, I'm really not quite sure. But um, it's a competition that South Shields have always taken seriously. But and we, you know, we won the Durham Challenge Cup in 2017 when we won the quadruple, and we got to the final the following season at the Stadium of Light. So it was. It, but this season, Shields decided not to, um, because of course promotion was yeah. the main theme. Because I guess the highlight is a match against Sunderland, isn't it? That that's am I right? Yeah, well, Sunderland. It's always the, they always play there. So Sunderland, um, Hartlepool, they yeah. play there under twenty three, um, and you know, um, good. They're not bad sides, but um, it, it's a it's a competition where generally the more experienced 
um, Northern League clubs do well in because it's it's a competition where it's, you almost see it like men against boys, if you like. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, because when we reached the final in 20, 2018 at the Stadium of Light, um, in their wisdom, because we, we were in the, the Northern Premier League playoffs, and um, the no, it must have been 2018, sorry, about 2018, sorry, 2018, 2019 final. Um, South Shields were in the playoffs against Warrington on the Saturday, but we had the Durham Challenge Cup final the night before. Oh, God. But Durham FA wouldn't change the date because it was at the Stadium of Light, and the Stadium of Light needed so many days of preparation for any potential Sunderland games or so South Shields played their academy team against Children and um, Children won. I mean, Shields were probably the better side, you know, football-wise, but again, men against boys. You would have thought they would have wanted to have uh, South Shields in a high division for the area and good for the area, but, you know, the prestige of the cup and all that rubbish. You get me started. Do not... <laughs> To be fair, I've not ever got you started on a subject. We've had Pete having rants. We had Trevor having rants. Even Ian's had a rant. And, you know, I, I always have a rant or something, though. We haven't yet to see Chris on a rant yet. <laughs> I've got to think me blood pressure. <laughs> if you saw me on Twitter in April, um, early May, then you would be, yeah. you know, you could, but I suppose I was being a keyboard warrior there, wasn't I? But I did point to Keyboard warrior. What we did. We did voice those concerns quite um, sternly on our podcast, on the Mariners podcast, and um, we, we were scared. And so I had a bit of a rant on there. Um, but see, I'm, I'm calm now. I'm chilled. I'm kind of, I'm resigned to the fact that it will be what it will be. And, mm. it's, it, and I said in to, when, when David was on earlier that um, it's just interesting for me to sit back and same probably for you guys, because, you know, you were in this, that whole, one of the whole reasons why we've ended up, you, we've ended up doing this together is the fact that Worthing, we're in the same boat as South Shields, you had Jeff Thompson on the podcast in April, and um, here we are, and it's just very, very interesting to, to, to watch what's panning out 12 months later. As we said, deja vu. And that's why I, I can't feel any hope for them that anything's going to change. Like I said earlier, like I said earlier, um, I'm quite sure that Jeff Thompson, the South Shields chairman, will be watching mm. this like a hawk. And we'll I don't blame him. We'll have his legal team watching it like a hawk because he might, if if it doesn't go to null and void, he might just look at getting some of his money back. Yeah, and he if should, rightly, possible. rightly should. No win, no say. Because... Well, <laughs> a good point, because of course, if they, if they decide that um, it shouldn't go to null and void, why did they, you know, what happened last mm. year? Yeah. So, Pete, you were going to say something. Very, very interesting. I've forgotten it. Oh, great, useful. I'm, I'm trying to get yes. through Chris's Twitter, but I can't get back to April. I've only got October so far. I want to see this man. Uh, yeah, Twitter's a nightmare for that. <laughs> but, um, gentlemen, like, if it, if it, sort of, sort of wrapping, start to wrap the show up now. Like, what Trident, as we said, have been very quiet. What, what, what do you think the next steps are for Trident? We said, you know, obviously we've got the step two, you know, the national, north and south. They, you know, David thinks they are 
he's he's got hope, he's got optimism. We all think, you know, as much as I'd love to hold that hope and optimism for him, I know it's good. Some somewhere, some FA is going to let him down somewhere because I think that's just what we're so used to. What do we think is going to happen at the Trident, Pete? I, I want football back, I but I want competitive football, not some little local tournament, not some Mickey Mouse friendlies. Yeah. If it's going to come back, bring it back proper or we wait till July for friendlies. I echo Pete, and I'll add to that competitive football with the ability for clubs to allow enough fans in to make it physically viable by being able to sell food, food and drink in the grounds. Um, yeah. You have to have all of that, otherwise. And I'm right in thinking after tonight's uh, today's announcement, it's not going to be until at least June that that will be fully able if it goes to plan. Yeah, June, June. So Which means you can, you know, April you could sit outside. We've had that discussion earlier, but June is when the third week of June is yeah. when um, social distancing should be is, should be a thing of the past. Is it isn't the middle of May when the pubs open and you can have up to groups of thirty, apparently. So if the uh, DCMS and the powers of B, but we wouldn't be playing football then. Uh, no, That'd be at the end of the season, so the season has to end in May, and I think we just missed that deadline. So it makes it all pointless, doesn't it? Goes back to what Pete just said. Competitive football, no Mickey Mouse stuff, competitive football. So really we are looking at July. Pre-season training starts June, pre-season matches July, league campaign starts in August, whether that's at game one or game ten or whatever it is. Let's do it properly and let's play some proper football with the paint and good crack. That's what it's about. Yeah. Pete, just thinking, going back to what Lloyd Dawes, the ex-Worthing player, was going to do, play half a season at uh, Hastings and then go backpacking around the world. That's gone uh, to the back burner now, hasn't it? He? he might be able to do it in the summer after all. He was so he was so keen on that blessing, wasn't he? He was so uh, yeah. looking forward to that. I mean, priorities and all that. I mean, one of those that could have been a great football life, he'd put his mind to it, bless him. But he's a mm. likeable guy. Um, Trev, do you... James, I've got one. James, yes. I've got one thing to say to you with sort of caveat, but um, just from lo- local knowledge, um, if the Trident Leagues weren't going to be null and voided or frozen, South Shields would not have started ripping the ground to bits. And they've, and they've started ripping the ground to bits. Yeah, mm. <laughs> you'd be screwed. You'd be screwed if they decide to start playing again, wouldn't they? <laughs> There's no way they would have done that. There was no. any chance of any football. So, well, yeah. it's interesting you say that though, because obviously the um, you look at it and you think some. This is one of the things that could come out of COVID that's good is that a lot of clubs have been able to do ground improvements. That you know, I know South Shields have said that they hope to have this new stand built by the beginning of a new season. You know, Worthing who. I mean, it'd be interesting because Pete and I are waiting to interview the chairman of Worthing to see why, you know, what it took so long. And, you know, now it's all being done. He can talk legally about what actually happened. It's going to be a fascinating um, time to listen to on the Worthing podcast. But what I'm interested to know is Worthing would have had to have played Pete probably 10 or so games out that should have been at home away from home by the time the pitch was ready and they haven't they've only had to do one well they had they reversed a few games obviously at the beginning of the season to away games but it was just the one game at Horsham that we that we played you borrowed Horsham's ground and you know that financially has probably saved the club a bit of money as well mm. yeah so. def- it's definitely saved a few Bob um but yeah um 
And of course, if 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 it, if, it, if uh, Chris's idea of uh, pausing the table and carrying on in August as it is, then obviously that would be quite advantageous for Worthing because we'd have an awful lot of home games next year. Yeah, can you imagine I, that? That'd be good. I've just had a thought about that. There's a couple of things that might become legally challenged: is the fact that you know, it, will it be the tw- sponsors? You know, sponsorship contracts probably would state for the that the payments were for the 2021 20, season. So other, so you, it's not that season anymore, is it? No, and have that money been spent so, and stuff. So it, it, I, I can. So you're going to see. I'm 99 certain it will be null and void. It was just well, an idea somebody came up with. Yeah. It, it's, it's completely right. I mean, the thing, I don't know if you found it at South Shields, but obviously in terms of sponsorship, Pete, Pete and myself, um, obviously Pete's part of Worthing, his main sort of thing in the support association is the live commentary service that he's done. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we it came for renewal because we started it last February, wasn't it, Pete, around that time, January, February. And the, obviously the server came up for renewal and mm-hmm. we had a discussion and we thought there's no point renewing it now because you're looking at six months possibly without use. So that's basically, we're wasting time and money. But the unfortunate side to that is that all of the previous broadcasts have now gone and been deleted. I mean, we could have saved them to the hard drive. I mean, some of them are probably forgettable anyway, aren't they, Pete? But, you know, um, the, one, but, the ones we knew on. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> the ones with the mic problems and everything like that. But some of them, it's a shame for things like that. But you've got to look at the sort of, this is just a small bit. But then we have had other companies like that sponsor the podcasts and stuff that we do have actually happily renewed. So it is great to see their is still that little bit of you know and it's you know it's it's not huge amounts of money but still that's money that's being put towards something that isn't necessarily going to be used for the next few months but we've managed to do it and um i think that's what's going to find the problem next year in terms of sponsorship luckily we've pretty much got that sorted now but you know there's going to be plenty of clubs that might not be able to renew i mean when we went to three bridges and i said it i think on here before the last game before the season was curtailed um there was hardly any sponsorship around the side of the pitch. Now, whether that there was a reason for that, but I don't know if Trevor or Pete noticed that there was hardly any sponsors boards around the side of Three Bridges pitch. And I find that quite sad because obviously sponsorship is one of the major parts of football at this level. I think every, everybody knew last season, as soon as the season started, um, and, and the way that the rates were going up in September when the kids went back to school, we're all like, there's, there's no way we're going to get this yeah. season finished. And I think that would have put, probably put a lot of sponsors off because I thought, yeah. what's the point in me chipping in my 500 to 800 pounds for a board if, if, no, if no one's going to see it? So I think it had a big bearing mm. on it. And don't forget, so many businesses have been affected by the pandemic. A lot of businesses won't be in a position to be able to sponsor. The only caveat to that is the fact that most, most businesses would see it as a bit of a tax deductible thing True. and would live on a tax bill but at the end of the day if a business is struggling most businesses would think well if I can't afford to pay staff I can't afford to pay a football club for a bit of sponsorship you know so there will be all of that factored in so many different things that's why I don't employ anyone <laughs> do you not employ your wife anymore have you sacked her yeah she's gone furloughed um one thing i did notice chaps just before we wrapped up is uh, i was looking at a non-league paper and um uh non-league around the world which i found quite interesting um from what i believe and understand the spanish local authorities 
are allowing football to resume at non-league, uh, but it's only down to local government. So, you know, that's quite an interesting rule, you know, whether they're going to have local lockdown and stuff. The only top level uh, non-league around Europe is Romania, and they're um, allowing their non-league to return after the winter breaks. So, you know, some countries, you know, whether I, I haven't looked into what their COVID case, we all know Spain was quite bad at one stage throughout the uh, pandemic. I don't know what it's quite like now, but it's interesting that, they're still and there's still that need and desire in other countries for non-league and you know maybe in a future episode it'd be interesting to try and find out someone that you know, likes non-league in a foreign country and can come on the podcast and discuss what the mm. pandemic's been like for them uh, trev oh I, I, just, I was just gonna say i might be able to find someone that that, that, that does a bit of non-league abroad so very good yeah that, that'd be do. interesting to hear that'd be interesting to hear Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Hey, Pablo Escobar. Bit name dropping. He's just got. If you said he's got him on his mobile phone, I think that's for another reason, mate. But, <laughs> um, but also, one thing I noticed in this week's non-league paper, and it's a shame Johnny or Ian aren't here to discuss it, but. I think um, the Premier Non-League podcast has been making waves in a um, uh, non-league paper because South Shields and Worthing were on the same page this week. I mean, gentlemen, <laughs> I think we'll be having sponsorship from them knocking at our door soon, surely. Yes, 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 yes. But I don't see Horsham doing that. As uh, And as uh, Trev said in the group, it's because Dom DePaola just shouts his mouth off on Twitter, so they don't really need to write stories about it, do they? <laughs> maybe maybe Horsham are uh, sort of like going in with Bogner or something, you know, the sort of thing you put in the cat litter tray at the bottom. Yeah, the, the two green ones, you know, you have it at the bottom of the litter tray, but... Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't really, can he? Um, gents, anything last bits to add? Any? Uh, I mean, again, as I always say, last few weeks, Pete, I probably haven't got any shout outs, have you? No, oh, this is that's what I was going to say to um, when Chris was on about the podcast earlier. That that's how we got together with all what was going on last season or the rest of it. I was going to say it'd be nice to actually have a podcast yeah. where we've got some. Which football. is why Ronnie, Ronnie, and I um, we started a new fortnightly show with Radio Shield, it's a local radio station. Nice. Um, so we've got a new. It, it's it's very little, very little football because obviously there's no football to talk about. So we just talk a lot of nonsense for about an hour. So um, we're on. We, we are officially on. Um, we are. We have a show on Radio Shields called the Ronaldo and Maisie. Balloon door, a bit of a tip <laughs> Ronaldo and Messi with the ballon door. So um, it's Ronaldo and Messi's balloon door. So we're on radio shields every fortnight now. It's good laugh. Oh, all right, mate, you don't have to take over from Trev's name dropping. All right, you know what I mean. Like he's now he's now a radio DJ. Fair enough. Is that, <laughs> is that the local? Give me time. Give me time. Is that the like, mate? I've already tried to tap up more radio. They don't want to know. But <laughs> is that the um? Is that the local community station up in Shields, though, mate? Yeah, Radio Shields. Yeah, yeah it's, fantastic. Um, oh, quite an we achievement. We, ha- we haven't um, recorded in the in the studio yet, of course, for obvious yeah. reasons to do it remotely. But um, we look forward to that as and when we can. Um, but it, it's it's just, so it's yeah, we're just trying to fill time in. Yeah, there's nothing. Mm. There's no to talk about. What we're going to do? Or we do uh, have we do have a Q and A Mariners podcast. Um, we've got a, a Q and A with the Shields chief executive on Wednesday. Nice. Um, which will be put out a couple, a, a day or two later once it's been, well, not edited, but it's been cleaned up to get all the ers and ahs out. So that'll be good for anybody out there who wants to hear the views of Shields. South yeah, Shields, yeah. Link Picton. We've got a Great. Q&A with him on Wednesday afternoon. Great podcast as well. Um, 
do take a listen to it. Um, I mean, Thank it's you. one of the, it's one of those things that uh, Pete can agree with me in saying. You know, when we've done it from the Worthing side of things, we've tried to get into that local radio market, but it's very hard down here because there's not really a community station as such down here that would be interested. That's one thing that's quite sad. You see a lot, a lot when you go away when we've gone and commentated. I think the last one we did, Pete, was at, um, what's the ground north of London we went to? Um, we did the commentary at, and there was going? a little kit. No, there were the kids Enfield. doing. There were uh, kids. Potter's Bar. Potter's, Potter's Bar. Bar, yeah, and they had two youngsters doing commentary on. That's Hertfordshire, not North of London. <laughs> Still north. <laughs> Still north. North. Of, anything's north from us, mate. Mate, uh, come on, get it right. <laughs> And um, they had they had a local commentary on local community radio station. It's a brilliant little thing. So you know, to get into that market, mate, it's fantastic, and it's only going to grow. So well done. Nice, not, nice thing to end uh, the podcast on. Um, Trevor, uh, you have your hand up, waving frantically at the screen, right? Yeah, now. I've got a couple of Pete shout outs, as he's not got any shout outs this week. Um, a couple of a couple <laughs> of ground couple of ground ones. Just reading through the paper on Sunday, um, York moving into their new LNER community stadium, mate. 8,005 capacity with obviously no one in it at the moment. <laughs> you know, you know one thing I do find funny about that? You say LNER. Obviously, that's run by the government because mm. it's, it's a public operated railway. Yeah, and they do I seem know, to yeah. throw, they seem to throw sponsorship out quite a lot. They were sponsoring, I think, Doncaster Rovers. They sponsored uh, a couple of clubs up that end. But, you know, fair enough. But I do find it interesting. That's, is that public money sponsoring it? I don't know how it works. <laughs> Who knows? But, yeah, spent quite a few years, at, well, say a few years, uh, games at Booth and Crescent at York, watching watching Barnet, they're home for 88 years, and then turn over the other side of the paper, and you've got hopefully by Thursday, Greys will have a home of their own back at where Thurrock used to play um, at Ship Lane, but um, depending on whether it'll get past the club planning committee, obviously Thurrock folded in the last couple of years, and ground's not been used since, so Greys have been homeless since 2010, so the um be good to see them back actually close to where they are rather than all the way over at Averley. Which is, which is a nice new ground. I haven't been there yet, but I've been. Yeah. I've been I, I was there. Um, what the new Averley? Yeah, for, I've done the old friendly. one. I did the old one. Yeah, no, um, yeah re- really nice, really nice. Got yeah, one, re- one really big stand, but I, I thought there was a, just a few little, really little stands dotted about. So it's a bit strange. You see the main stand, and you look, it's very impressive. Yeah, um, but the rest of it with the money they spend, you for well, throw a couple of extra quid in, and maybe there's know. a bit more to come with it. I mean, like you know, yeah. Johnny said before, Shim, isn't it? They've got you know, plan permission to put you know stands a bit more round than what they've got, you know, at, um, at the what was it Camping World Stadium, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they've got by attendance. Hey? Which I always find ironic because the Campic World Stadium in Orlando is a massive NFL American football stadium that probably seats nearly 100,000. You've got some rubbish one up the A24 at the side of the road, sponsored by the same company. Seats, but... seats about 100. <laughs> I, need, I need to stop slagging Horsham off when there's no one you here do. to defend them, don't I? I mean, I haven't really got a problem with Horsham. I think that's just banter, to be fair. If it's Bogner and if Lee was still on the podcast, then maybe it'd be a bit more abusive. But, you know, we, we, we all know about Lee, bless him. Um, gentlemen, anyway, I mean, one of the things I think with this roadway, uh, this roadmap, is Chris, you better watch out because I think you're going to have a couple of Southerners coming and visiting South Shields or you're welcome down here because it gets closer to the fact we might actually be able to go and visit you guys and see a match maybe probably next yes. season. But, you know, it, is, it does make you think that 
you know, the world might hopefully start coming back to a bit of normality and we can actually go and enjoy what we do. You know, we've done this podcast for 11 episodes now. We've got them fantastically. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to going and seeing, you know, a game up at South Shields and a night out on the Toon or something like that afterwards or something. Uh, leading the Southern Monkeys astray. But, um, <laughs> but let's hope, let's hope that, you know, no matter what, it's going to be tough. You know, it's, we still, we still got a long road ahead, but hopefully we're on the way out now and um, we can get back no matter what happens to seeing what we'd love doing is watching a bit of non-league football but I'm sure in a couple of weeks time when we return to the airwaves it will be um, <laughs> it will probably be changed again I, I say it every week don't we because we've we've always got something different to talk about um, there still is an announcement pending but we're just waiting on to- uh, as I said uh, crossing the T's and dotting the R's on that and hopefully that'll be coming very soon um, it's just uh, down to the sort of resolution of what's happening with the non-leagues but apart from that gentlemen it's been a pleasure as per usual look cool. after yourselves and guys listening look after yourselves and I look forward to being back a couple of weeks time but for myself James and everyone else good night good night good night